It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Touchdown, Los Angeles. You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, What's happening? What's good? It's your boy Bear Motter of Rams Podcast, but this is Lockdown Rams. It's the Tuesday edition. You know what that means. It's a big ups. It's a pro football focus day, but we're remixing it. I'm still down in the Rams Podcast studios down in San Clemente, California. I got my man with me, James Kroger. James, double dipping this week. Welcome. Thank you. How you doing, bud? Hey, I can't complain. We're down here in San Clemente hanging out in this studio. We've been recording all night, talking about Rams football. And, dude, I'm excited to be on the mic again. Thank you guys for having me. Thanks you for listening. And check me out on social media, at jkroger3 and at Rams Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. But, dude, I'm back. Ready, happy to be here on the mic. Yeah, and we're glad you're back. And also, go check out Lockdown Rams, LA underscore Rambling Bear. Subscribe. Listen, review, we're on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts. Rams Podcast is also there as well, so check us out. We're putting up an episode just in a day or two here, previewing the game, talking about last week's performance, having a few beers, having a good time. Like we said, we're down here in San Clemente, having a good time. We watched the Seahawks game down here. And we're getting ready for a big trip down to Mexico City. We're going to talk about it a lot more this week. We've got Vinny Bonsignor. We've got Serena Morales. But first, tomorrow, we've got our Locked On crossover. I'm really excited about that one. Tune in for that. Check into our Victory Monday if you haven't done it yet. Woo! Just dotting the I's, crossing the T's, getting all the things out of the way. For today, we're going to go over pro football focus stats, offense, defense, We're going to start to turn the page, talk about that KC game, some of the things that are happening outside world as well as on the field, a lot of things that are developing. But James, first we'll get to those pro football focus stats. We're big fans of them on the show. Offense, defense, my man. You tell me, where should we start? Let's start with the defense. One area that I'm super interested in hearing some of these stats about because, you know, we've been struggling against the rush. The secondary has been questionable. Marcus Peters obviously has improved, but... I'd like to hear what we see from Pro Football Focus on the defensive side of the ball. Because obviously, we're facing Kansas City next week, who is a huge offensive monster. I want to know how this D is going to be looking, according to the stats. All right, James. Well, you are right. We've got a crazy matchup this week down in Mexico City. One of the top three offenses. Obviously, we just saw Drew Brees and the Saints the week before. We gave up 48 points. And now here come Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins from the past, and Kareem Hunt as well. Well, the good thing is we have added people lately. We've gotten healthier, and hopefully after the bye, we'll continue to get even more healthy. But in his second game in Los Angeles, edge defender Dante Fowler Jr. tied his season high in quarterback pressures generated with five. He earned the highest pass grade among the defense with a 79.7 and added two defensive stops in the run game. Mm -hmm. So a guy, again, that we got as a pass rusher, one, has one of his better games yet, and that was one of the questions. He hasn't really performed up to this year, 
And then two, added a couple of run stops to go along with it. That's almost bonus material right there, adding to Aaron Donald, who we already know is an absolute monster. And Brockers, that's a good sign for this defense moving forward. And then, a guy that we heard a little bit more about earlier in this season gets his first 20-plus snap game since week six, and that's edge defender John Franklin Myers. He made the most of it by being the Rams' highest-graded defensive player overall, 81.7. He was tied for the team lead in career-high six quarterback pressures. Myers is currently tied in fourth among rookie edge defenders in, to in total quarterback pressures with 20 on the season. So finally got some snaps, and it proved to be a good thing for him. Those are your two pro football focus studs on the defense, and I'm sure you're a little bit surprised it wasn't Aaron Donald or another big name. We're talking about Fowler and Franklin Meyer here. Well, okay, you know, what I really like is Fowler completely redeemed himself off of the error earlier, and, and while he was out there for 72% of the snaps, which is quite a bit for somebody who right. just recently joined the team, he was talking about it after the game, and he said that when he got his penalty, quote, tempers were kind of flaring. I guess the referees, their tempers flare too. It's just kind of heat of the moment thing. At the end of the day, I just can't put the team in those types of situations in close games like that. And at the end of the day, he essentially said, the thing that I learned today is don't talk to the referees. We yeah. saw, it's not like he was going crazy, but he was doing enough to get that flag. So he, you know, made a mistake, but he learned from it and totally redeemed himself. I think he was just had totally redeemed yourself. extra energy behind him to make that play near the end of the game when he stripped Russell Wilson. But dude, Dante Fowler, I'm really happy to see what he came out with. And I'm happy that he's he's has some of those numbers in the pro football focus stats because... I mean, I can't complain about him. No complaint forms here. Yeah, we're, we're going to need him coming down the stretch and a guy that we can really count on to go make plays. This was a team coming into the trade deadline talking about needing an edge presence. And really, this is his second game with the Rams, and he's had impact plays in both games. And that's something I talked about in our Rams podcast and probably something I'll talk about this week when we're facing the Kansas City Chiefs this week. It's not about stopping them, right? Because that's going to be really tough to do. We need three, hopefully four, big plays on defense throughout the game. And when I say three or four, I would accept two as an answer, and I would probably accept one at the end of the game. We need a big play uh, to turn this game, and that's going to come from guys like Fowler, Aaron Donald, Obviously, John Franklin Meyer had saw that on Thursday Night Football when we faced the Vikings. He was the guy that had the strip sack to get the win there. So big plays is what our defense can contribute to this game. I don't expect them to pitch a shutout in the first half or the second half, but I do expect them to make a big play late in the game as those offensive linemen who are super cocky in the first half being like, you guys, are, I'm good, I got you. Well, as you start to have an empty tank, these guys have a different different size tank they're gonna finish in the fourth quarter and that's when we need some big plays so hopefully Fowler John Franklin Meyer Aaron Donald the rest of the boys can go and win us the game because we're not gonna hold these guys to 20 something points it's just not gonna happen so everyone that's like who oh, Marcus Peters is getting burnt I'm included and in yelling at him at times but me and this game we're gonna give up points so we just really have to make plays big plays time of possession and minimizing penalties that's gonna go a long way 
What we're going to do is we're going to take a break. We're going to step aside. We're going to talk more about some more pro football focused stats on the other side. We're going to jump to the offense. I'm going to get James' thoughts on a couple of the things leading into this Mexico City game. James and Bear on the other side, Locked On Rams Tuesday. We'll be right back. The Suns rise in Orlando, but their playoff hopes set in the West. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. Despite finishing a perfect 8-0 in the NBA bubble, the Phoenix Suns are leaving without a playoff berth. Check out Locked On Suns today for a postmortem on an amazing run by Devin Booker and company. That's all thanks to tiebreakers and a Karis LeVert jumper that rimmed out, giving the Portland Trailblazers a win and a meeting with the Memphis Grizzlies in a play-in series for the Western Conference 8th seed. That begins on Saturday. Beginning today, all of the Locked On NBA playoff teams will be previewing the playoffs with special crossover shows. Scout your team and your opponent on the Locked On Podcast Network. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Locked On Fantasy Football with your Locked On Fantasy Football Edge of the Day. Tight end is a prime position for finding fantasy football sleeper value in 2020. After George Kittle and Travis Kelsey go off the board early, don't worry. You can wait and still get some great return for a starter at the position. The two prime targets both have HH for initials, the Chargers Hunter Henry and the Falcons Hayden Hurst. A healthy Henry can have a monster downfield receiving season for new QB Tyrod Taylor and carries high TD upside. As for Hurst, he's stepping right into the productive spot vacated by Austin Hooper in Atlanta as key support to Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and Calvin Ridley. Trust in Henry a little earlier and Hurst a little later to give you some pleasing tight end one results. Get the edge in your fantasy football league every day by listening to Locked On Fantasy Football on your preferred podcast provider. All right, Rams Nation, we are back. Bear Modern, James Kroger, Tuesday edition, Locked On Rams. And yes, that's Halle Berry. Hey, that, that's brought to you by James Kroger and Jared Goff. If you guys didn't see it, Jared Goff gave Halle Berry a shout out in the old audible, audible yells. You think about it. Peyton Manning used to be like, Omaha. He got like an Omaha Steaks, like someone tried to give him a sponsorship. And Jared Goff's Papa out John's here. Pizza. Yeah. Jared Goff's out here going, Halle Berry, Halle Berry, and Halle Berry retweets it, and she's like, what's this play all about? Jared Goff said it's his favorite play ever, and great little move there, Jared Goff, on Twitter. Mm. If you get a little date from Halle Berry, even though she's like 40, 45, still looking good. She's 52, bro. 52? So she tweeted him and said, hold up, at Jared Goff, at Rams NFL, what's a Halle Berry? 52-year-old hitting up 24-year-old Jared Goff. And Jared Goff said, wait, hold up. Are you serious? She heard it? So we heard Jared Goff's audibles last year, Tupac and all that great stuff. But we pull out the Halle Berry and Jared Jared Goff comes out and says it's his favorite play. He's he's cougar hunting, man. Oh, man. He's cougar hunting. I'm not even mad. I'm proud. I'm proud of you, Jared Goff. Get in there, big guy. She's a Bond girl. Yeah. (laughs) Woo-hoo-hoo. All right. Well, 
if I was Jared Goff, I'd just be throwing out some crazy stuff, right? Like, why not, right? Let's see what. <laughs> let's see who else. If you got like, I just be like, Rihanna, Rihanna, Rihanna. Yeah, that's smart. That's smart. And Sean McVay too. He knows what's up. Oh, he's, yeah. he's, he's younger than us. Whew. All right, I'm getting all hot and bothered over here. <laughs> Send in your right audibles, here. your best audibles to at Rams Podcast at Lockdown Rams. We're gonna see if we can get uh, the boys on it. But that was pretty funny. Halle Berry, James, when we we're on the break, and I was like, I gotta get some music. For the podcast tonight, and he was like, you know what? Halle Berry! <laughs> My man. I didn't know he knew Hurricane Chris. Who did? Hey, DJ Kroger. DJ Krogerstein. Uh, but let's take that. Let's move forward. Let's talk about that offense, because we did the defense as far as pro football focus stats and what jumped out at us. So let's go to the offense. Mm. Let's talk about it. So... This was actually one of my game balls yesterday, but playing in 50 of the total 65 snaps, tight end Tyler Higby earned his highest single game grade he's had in his NFL career, 89.1. Higby was targeted three times in the passing game and produced a passer rating of 141 by catching two first downs and a touchdown. His 90.6 receiving grade was the second highest career coming in behind his previous of 91.3, which again came against Seattle in week five of 2017. So uh, anytime we see Seattle, we very much welcome them in. Tyler Higby does. Maybe not so much Cooper Cup. This is the second time mm. Cooper Cup has gotten injured in a Ooh. Seattle game. He got banged up, obviously, in that horse collar tackle up in Seattle, and then uh, the ACL that happened here. Ugh, it still hurts when I bring it up, but I have to bring it up. And then for the first time since becoming a Los Angeles Ram, wide receiver Brandon Cook saw his first double-digit target game, 12, and he caught 10 of those passes, 5, which went for first downs, 100 yards, while generating over half of them after the catch, 53 after the catch. 83.6 was his game grade, the highest he's earned since week two against the Cardinals. That man had himself a ball game. So Jared Goff is shouting out Halle Berry, but he should be shouting out Brandon Cooks and some of these boys on the team because they are putting up numbers and doing the best that they have almost all season. We're going to need it with Cooper Cup out, but your thoughts on this offense and that pro football focus numbers. Dude, the numbers look great, and I really like how we're just late in the season, or I guess starting in the second half of the season, continuing to utilize these tight ends. Everett and Higby so far combined only have three touchdowns this season, but you look at some of the overall receptions, Gerald Everett actually has 15, which is four more than Higby at 11. And one thing I want to ask you, Bear, is like, you know, we saw during training camp and during practice that Jared Goff was hooking up with who is he hooking up with, James? <laughs> Halle Berry's going to get mad. <laughs> Jared Goff and Tyler Higby were just kind of on one. You can see that he continued to try to get Higby the ball. And Higby's a big guy. He was able to make those, some of those jump-up turnaround catches that in training camp looked really solid. We thought in the beginning of the season that we are going to see a lot more out of the tight ends and Sean McVay continuing to open up this offense. But I think right now with Cooper Cup's second injury of the season, even though it's the same injury, but the second time he's going down with it, we're going to open up those tight ends and 
go back to Everett and Higby with the ball more and more. And it's just a way that, you know, if you look at some of the game footage of the whole season, if you're Kansas City or somebody that we're going to face right. late in the, in, the, in the season, it's like you can't look at our tight ends and try to figure out how to defend them. And we have two of them that we can completely open up to. So Sean McVay is going to definitely utilize it. And yes, he's going to get Reynolds out there and maybe Kaderil Hodge as well. But you, you're not really going to replicate what – Cooper Cup is bringing to the table, but if you're able to utilize these guys that nobody has really seen on film previously mm. in the season, then that's just going to be even more scary for these Rams. James, you're making some good points, and it kind of brings up a question of mine because that is what we're going into, right? We're going to KC, who has film on us, and they've seen improvement of our tight ends over the past couple of weeks, but they're seeing 96% 11 personnel. You know, are, are they going to, you think they're going to transition a little bit more to some two tight end sets or do you think they're going to just going to rotate Higby and Everett back and forth? What are the Rams going to do to basically offset cup? And I know you named the players, but what do you think their direct plan will be this week down in Mexico city? Well, one thing about Reynolds, even though he had two touchdowns against Green Bay, is he's just kind of one of those tall, lengthy receivers that can get up and get that ball high. But I think Cooks is seeing a lot more receptions than he was at the beginning of the season. He has 51 overall, and Robert Woods actually has 55, so he's just four above him. So we have those two guys to rely on down the field, and Cooper Cup's a big route runner. But I think Sean McVay is going to mix it up and mix up our sets. You see that we've used these same guys probably 92-plus percent of the time so far this right. season. So you're not going to be able to rely on us in Mexico City versus Kansas City. We're going to change it up. And I see Sean McVay utilizing two tight end sets. He's a, he was a former tight end coach. Yeah. That's all I remember when he was with the Redskins. So I know he's going to be able to take advantage of these guys and mix it up against Kansas City, who, honestly, they, they struggle defensively. Kind of like us, but yeah. you know, they do struggle <laughs> defensively. That is the nice thing is going into this is you look at this um, kind of even par when it comes to the, the defense, right? You expect them to give up points as much as we are. And that's why I kind of embrace a shootout. So let's take away some of the obvious. Jared Goff, you know, obviously he's the facilitator. Todd Gurley's the number one running back. And maybe, you know, Brandon Cooks and Woods are the two wide receivers. With Cup out, who is your X factor? Who's the kind of the random guy? Is it going to be Reynolds or is it going to be one of the tight ends? Oh, X factor. Okay, we're discounting the. We're discounting the studs. All right, I'm going to go to Higby. Only because even though Everett has more receptions. And more overall yards by about 30 this season. I think that Jared Goff and Higby have kind of this trust factor. You see Goff talking about him a lot on social media. Same with Todd Gurley. But I just think Goff and Higby kind of have this connection that we saw in in the beginning of the season, during training camp and early practices, that he's going to, when it comes down to it, he's going to end up going to him for that that ultimate trust, last-minute factor. So I'm going to lean towards Higby on this one for sure. I like it because you saw Jared Goff's throw to Higby for the touchdown this last week, Mm. and it was was a tough throw. But again, you go back to that trust factor. He threw it high and tight and basically said, dude, I'm just going to put it on you. I know you're good enough to just kind of flip your body around and just put your hands on it, so just do that. Like, I don't need you to do anything special. Mm. And you can tell by that throw, he was definitely covered. There was pressure, and uh, that was definitely a trust throw, but basically said, I know you can make this play. Go make it. He did. I like that as far as the X factor. It'll be a fun one to watch, and we're going to need it with uh, Cooper Cup out. Yeah, and I'm, you know, these two huge offenses, I'm really worried about having Cooper Cup out because he's one of Goff's favorite 
receivers and that talking about that chemistry, you just can't replace somebody like Cooper Cup and facing this defense this defense and offense where we're gonna have to have the shootout against Patrick Mahomes, him and Jared Goff are really close as far as overall yards this season, and not having Cup in there is probably going to have a pretty big impact for that yards in that game. Well, we talked about that X factor, and we're going to need it down in Mexico because you're right. Um, thankfully, we had a couple games while Cup was out uh, previously to see what our team is like, and we moved forward and got some wins. This is a different matchup in Mexico City, but Cup will be missed. We'll see who the star is in just a little bit. What we're going to do right now is we're going to step aside, get another quick word from some sponsors. We'll be right back on the other side. I've got some question comments from you guys, the fans, the listeners. I didn't directly take them, but I've got some things I'm going to peel off of our social media. Me and James are going to talk about them. We'll be right back. James Kroger, Bear Modder, Locked on Rams Tuesday on the other side. All right, Rams Nation, third and final segment, Locked On Rams Tuesday, bonus edition with James Kroger down here in the Rams Podcast Studio. We're going to travel back to LA to the Rams Podcast Studio to finish the rest of the week before we head to Mexico. Guys, remember, go give us a follow on social media at LA underscore Rambling Bear, at jkroger3 Twitter, Locked On Rams, Rams Podcast. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Facebook group, all that good stuff. Interact with us because I'm going to be putting up uh, some media when I'm down there, taking some pictures. Uh, If you guys are down there, hit me up, meet you up for a shot of tequila, maybe a taco and a W, all that and more. We're excited about getting down there. But this is the Tuesday edition. So what I'm going to do right now, it's usually the big ups, But I didn't take a lot of questions from you guys today. I've done three podcasts. I've been living my best life, living it up in the sun, checking some things out today. We got some work done, but in the sun. So we're back (laughs) here. I've got some things that I've been kind of peeling through some of the comments on Facebook and whatnot. I'm going to give some shout outs. I want James's thoughts on some of this because we talked about it a little bit yesterday. We talked about it a little bit on Ram's podcast. But big ups, Lincoln Leary. He reached out to us on Facebook and said, Sean McVay screaming, let's go mother boob after the Rams win is one of the best moments all season. James, I know me and you watched it. We briefly talked about some of the awesome things that showed up on film yesterday. This is one of them. I don't think we got to cover yesterday, but Sean McVay going absolute nuts. I put the video up on uh, Lockdown Rams Facebook, but it's slow-mo. And the camera crew basically zoomed in on him. And we're not all lip readers, but how awesome was that moment? Dude, it just spoke to the passion that Sean McVay has. I know I'm sorry that his grandma saw him saying some bad words on on football. But, you know, I'm so happy to see the passion behind this guy. Just happy he wasn't, you know, super laid back with another win. This was a pretty intense game. And, you know, it came down to the fourth quarter with when we were actually down at that time. So, yeah, dude, I love it. I love, He's a yeah. young coach. This is, uh, you know, he's not an old school t- type of guy. At least he's not over there like Pete Carroll chewing gum like a oh. madman. That is the most obnoxious coach, <laughs> I think, in the NFL is watching Pete Carroll chew gum like he's a cokehead. I don't know what he's doing over there, yeah. but he's got to have the most amazing jaws ever. But Pete Carroll chewing gum is the most <laughs> obnoxious thing to see on TV. Please don't, don't, 
show that anymore on the TV. Well, that's what goes back in the comments is like what made that moment by Sean McVay awesome is they're directly shooting out of Pete Carroll who for once was not chewing gum and had his hands over his head. Oh, yeah, and he looked gum. like it was like they even made a reference to the Super Bowl. And they're like, I think that's the most upset I've ever seen Pete Carroll. And then someone's like, huh, huh, except, for, <laughs> except for that one time. And that's kind of the way he looked. Like he was stunned at the end of the game, which I don't know why he was that stunned. But yeah, it was pretty funny going Sean McVay cutting quickly over to Pete Carroll, who looked like dumbfounded by what just happened. Mm -hmm. uh, so it made it even better. But I appreciate that, Lincoln Leary. I saw the same thing. Me and James Bull saw the same thing. And it made us crack up. We actually rewound it and watched it a couple times. We were like, look at him just hit C-Sad motherfucker on TV. <laughs> it was so good. So thank you for that. I'm going to jump over to Mike Cook. Mike Cook reached out to us a lot. He's always got some good insight. And we talked about this yesterday. McVeigh talked about it. We, the penalties, right? It was killing us. Mm -hmm. And I think we gave them five first downs on third down penalties. Oh. And Mike kind of went a step further and said those basically turned into 14 points off of third down penalties. That is crucial. That is huge. When you, I mean, you think about the first downs, you're like, oh, extending drives. When you think about it, some of those drives extended into points, and he's talking 14 points off of all those penalties. McVeigh's got to hang his hat on that. But thoughts on the penalties? I know we've we've drug it into the ground, but 14 points, dude, it's so bad. And like we said before this game started, we were number three as far as uh, overall penalty penalties for yards. So. This team is not one to get that many penalties. They're super disciplined. We've got some, you know, veteran coaches that on the defensive side really previously had prevented a lot of this, but we just got emotionally out of the control of this game. And Sean McVay, he talked about it for the most time, essentially, in his presser, uh, the penalties for 100 and I think two yards total. But yeah, man, Sean McVay of everybody was the most pissed about it. And it's just something that I don't see it happening next week against Kansas City because that's just going to be a different type of game. This was a divisional rival at MC West. And even though they were 4-4 four and four at the time, it's always facing the Seahawks. There's a lot of emotion going on there. And we can even talk about Aaron Donald afterward and Yo, all the emotion going on nice. there. But, uh, yeah, dude, with the penalties, you seeing that whole Aaron Donald thing after the game makes you realize how easy it was for this squad to continue to build up those penalties. Well, I'm glad you went there because Kyle Botello reached out to us, and he just, he just straight up, he didn't say anything. He just shared the link and was like, yo, check this out. And the video says Aaron Donald puts on helmet and tries to <laughs> fight Justin Britt after Rams win. And obviously we know Justin Britt was the guy that pushed Aaron Donald out of bounds that late one after we just complimented Aaron Donald having kind of that one-two step, that hesitation, and pushed him out. And there was a couple other times throughout the game. I think it was when they had that big sack when Sue and Donald met each other at the quarterback. Sue stood over uh, the quarterback. And if you look behind in that, Britt is trying to like get another cheap penalty. He's just kind of a little... Bitch. Yeah, there it is. And Aaron Donald's sick of it. So he straps on his helmet. He goes in. We're curious to see what the NFL is going to do. We haven't heard if it's going to be a fine. There's talks of suspension. I really don't think it's that bad. But he shows like premeditated thought of like, I better put my helmet on because I'm about to go push some people. Not a good look. I think this is the overall uh, aspect that Sean McVay is talking about when we talked about those penalties. But Kyle, thanks for sharing that. I didn't see it until after we recorded that night. But looking at that, I mean, I support our guy. He got the late hit, but I really, I still want the guy, the leader, and I want your defensive guy to be a little crazy, a little crazy, but at the same time, <laughs> game's over, you got the win, like, go put a W in his face, like, go talk some trash, but like, 
Don't be grabbing the face mask, putting yourself in a suspension slash fine scenario where your team, the we not me, is gonna be hurt overall compared to that moment that you get to enjoy. So gotta look at the big picture because if you get suspended for this upcoming game, that would be a nightmare. Uh, but Kyle, thanks for sharing that video as well. And then lastly, I got one more. Billy Adams shared one. It basically is a picture of Kermit the Frog and a Kansas City jersey. And it said, <laughs> Monday Night Football, guys, let's smash this little frog. And if, if you guys don't know, go listen to uh, Patrick Mahomes doing an interview. <laughs> he definitely, James is laughing and covering his face because he's like totally being there in the moment right now. But he's got a crazy voice. You do not expect that voice to come out of that man. And he definitely has a Kermit the Frog voice going on james is we're late in the podcast we've done like six hours of podcast we're about to lose it here but dude talk to me about how funny that meme is and what we just saw billy thanks for sharing that with us and let's go smash this frog right well dude first of all you, you know, i lost it if you didn't hear in the background there but hey i'm nobody com to complain about having a nasally frog sounding <laughs> voice because if you guys have been listening to the podcast I don't know. I have kind of a Kermit Frog voice myself, but I hate Kermit the Kroger. I'm no NFL quarterback. That got me off guard. It was hilarious. Thank you for sending that in. Obviously, if you didn't hear me laughing for the past two minutes, I had to cover my mouth because that got me. That got me laughing out loud. Yeah. That was good. That was good. <laughs> well, you know, I had to leave uh, leave us on a, a light note and have some fun here. Uh, double down with James Kroger on the Locked On Tuesday podcast. Guys, don't forget to go check us out. Locked On Rams, it's a weekly podcast. Me and James, I think, just dropped about an hour and a half. Like I said, the third podcast of the night for us, and we've just been going, going, going. We're so excited about this game, and it's another big prove yourself game. We had a chance versus the Saints to show everyone how good we are. We showed them we could fight to the end, come back. We fell short. This is our next shot. Neutral ground, really crappy turf, and unfortunately, I don't think we got to talk about that too much. Is it a turf bit. or grass? Uh, well, who knows what it's they're going to do? It's it's grass. They they put a new layer on it, and I think they're going to try to pull it and put a new layer. I don't know. It's a mess. They had a concert. They had soccer. The thing looks terrible from uh, an, an aerial picture. I'm kind of worried. We'll talk about that more on the Lockdown crossover tomorrow with the boys from Lockdown Chiefs. Make sure to go back and check out me and James yesterday. Go give us a follow. LA underscore Rambling Bear at jkroger3. Lockdown Rams. Rams podcast. But with that said, you know what it is, Rams Nation. Until next time. Peace. Hey, Locked On listeners, you already love our network of NFL shows, so why go anywhere else for the fantasy football information you need to know for the 2020 season? You just need to check out Locked On Fantasy Football, hosted by me, Vinny Iyer. We're counting down to the season by breaking down players and teams every day. It's no-nonsense, straight-to-the-point, smart fantasy football analysis that has only two goals in mind, helping you dominate your drafts and win your league championship. That's Locked On Fantasy Football, only on the Locked On Network.